Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Undoubtedly going down in the annals of history for its swearing, shagging, and, well, incest, Game of Thrones also became famous during its tenure for violent and gory deaths. From the iconic decapitation of Ned Stark in Season 1 to the flame-fried cadavers and blue-lipped face-twisted poisonings of later series, there was always an unfortunate and dramatic demise just around the corner in this show. But look, this isn't new to you. You've no doubt seen what culture's era-defining work cataloguing the most brutal, underrated, satisfying, shocking and arousing deaths. But what about the living nightmares? What about all those moments where having your skull crushed in someone's hand would, if we're honest, have been preferable? Well, my name is Adam Cleary and these are 10 Game of Thrones fates worse than death. Number 10, the torture of Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> oh, oh, poor, poor Theon. Taken from his family following a failed rebellion and held prisoner by Lord Eddard Stark at Winterfell, Theon's gruff and offhand demeanour hardly endears him to the viewer during his tumultuous season one. And by gruff and offhand demeanour, I just mean just being a piece of sh In the aftermath of Eddard Stark's execution, though, Theon initially pledges to serve Rob Stark, but, well, just betrays him instead and seizes control of Winterfell. This is where it all starts to go wrong for Theon. Actually, no, to be totally honest, I think where it all started to go wrong from was when he just accidentally fingered his sister on a horse, but comme si, comme ça. Betrayed by his own men, Theon is captured by Roos Bolton. However, Roos's bastard son and fully-fledged nutbag Ramsay Snow has different ideas, and subjects Theon to some of the most horrific torture imaginable, even helping him to escape at one point before leading him straight back to the cursed torture chamber. Sadistic and brutal, Ramsay successfully subjugates Theon, culminating in a savage castration at the end of Season 3. Not... Oh, just not nice. Number 9. The Lonely Existence of Edmure Tully The Red Wedding is one of the most dramatic moments in Game of Thrones, nay in TV full stop, but Edmure, despite being the groom, misses out on all of the fun. Taken off to a chamber for the bedding ceremony, the younger brother of Catelyn Stark is absent as his sister, friends and allies are all brutally slaughtered and... Yeah, you know what, it's been over seven years now, but I'm still not alright with it. For Edmure, his fate is far more elongated. 
Held captive at the Grim Frey Castle, the Lord of House Tully is briefly released, only to be used as a humiliating bargaining chip in Season 6 before being returned to the slimy dungeons of the Twins. Finally released from his incarceration in the final season, Edmure bumbles his way around the trial of Tyrion Lannister, but nevertheless retains his position as Lord of the Riverlands. Looking distinctly, how do I put this, trimmer, it doesn't look like the room service was up to much in the Frey ancestral home. Number 8, Married to the Monster While she does end Game of Thrones as Queen of the North, there is no doubt that relationships proved a rocky road for young Sansa Stark. Initially betrothed to the handsome young Prince Joffrey Baratheon, it isn't long before Sansa discovers the true nature of the future king. That he is a bag. In one particularly distressing scene, King Joffrey, displeased at Robb Stark's victory over the Battle of the Oxcross, has his bride-to-be stripped and beaten in front of his court before Tyrion intervenes on her behalf. This, somehow, was not the worst of it. Manipulated by Peter Baelish into marriage once more, Sansa endures the vices and whims of another demented bastard son, the recently legitimised Ramsay Bolton. After their wedding ceremony, Ramsay violently and forcefully consummates the marriage. Even knowing how satisfying her eventual revenge would be, this is still one of the show's darkest ever moments. Number 7. A Terrible Choice now, bards are A, really annoying, but also B, a staple of all fantasy epics. Game of Thrones is no different. In Season 1, we meet a troubadour named Marillion. After joining up with Captain Stark's trip to the Eyrie, Marillion survives the attack of the Hill Tribes before making his way back to King's Landing. Once there, he continues to ply his trade, writing and performing a salicious and facetious song about the recently departed King Robert. Unfortunately for the bard, newly minted King Joffrey learns of the affront and has him brought before for the court. Here he is given a difficult choice by the vicious new king. Lose your hands or lose your tongue. Marillion makes his decision and as Sir Elam Payne abruptly removes the latter, a trip to the King's Landing job centre beckons for a man who has had his exceptional talent removed forever. Number 6. Not such quality family time. Alaria Sand makes her debut in Season 4 of Game of Thrones, arriving grandly with her love Prince Oberyn Martell. After witnessing the mountain mistake his cranium for Play-Doh, she returns to her home in Dawn, fostering a fierce desire to inflict revenge on Cersei Lannister. Oberyn's brother, Prince Doran, has different ideas, going so far as to return the Lannister's daughter. Seemingly placated, Alaria kisses her on the lips as she departs for King's Landing, transmitting a deadly poison to the girl which proceeds to take her life aboard the returning ship. Gonna put this as mildly as I can here, but Cersei Lannister is also not the forgiving type. And when imprisoned beneath the Red Keep, Alaria is forced to watch as Cersei poisons her eldest daughter in the same manner Alaria killed hers. The difference being here that Alaria is forced to endure the purgatory of watching her child fade away and turn to dust as the poison slowly eats her alive, before living out the rest of her days starving to death beneath her rotting corpse. That was the nuclear option in that situation, not gonna lie. Number 5. The Curse of the Stone Men Disease doesn't often get a chance to take many of the residents of Westeros, so it's apt that the disfiguring affliction of Greyscale sometimes leaves the poor unfortunate in a state of ugly limbo. 
Shunned by the major societies for fear of spreading the disease, stone men are normally exiled to ruins like Old Valeria in order to live out their days in joyless suffering. With there being no practical cure, the misery of the stone men is completed by their descent into animalistic madness, the insidious illness perverting the mind as it does the skin. That's all. That's all I've really got on this one. Just most people would rather die. Moving on. Number four, hold the door. In season six, Hodor is revealed to have been the articulate stable boy Willis. How this popular lad turns into the laconic bumbler we know is a tragic tale of a person caught up in events well beyond their understanding. As Bran Stark explores his newfound warging abilities in the Cave of the Three-Eyed Raven, the White Walkers are drawn towards his party. In the pandemonium that ensues, Bran accidentally wargs into the mind of Willis in the past, connecting the minds of both the boy and his present-day incarnation. The damage is calamitous, sending Willis into a seizure permanently tethering his mind to his future self and merging the last words he ever hears, hold the door, into one, Hodor. Don't get me wrong, he still managed to live a rich and full life regardless, but it's one where he is constantly trapped in the very moment of his own demise, getting chewed alive by a pack of zombies. Number three, Gregor Clegane's living death. There will be few, if any, who sympathise with the torrid non-existence that Gregor Clegane is forced to endure. As cruel as he is strong, the mountain regularly terrorised the inhabitants of Westeros before meeting his match in Oberyn Martell. Summoned as the Crown's combatant in the trial by combat of Tyrion Lannister, the mountain eventually bests his opponent after a brief seesawing fight. The Prince of Dawn does sort of get the last laugh, however, as upon his spear is manticore venom, a nasty poison that decays the flesh while keeping the victim alive. Now with all this dead and rotting flesh literally hanging off his still living body, the mountain is, and I use the term loosely, saved by disgraced former maester Kyburn. Encased within the gold-plated armour of the Kingsguard, Clegane's bloodshot eyes and low growls are all that betray the zombie-like state that the mountain has become. A mindless killing machine with unswerving obedience to his master, Queen Cersei. I just... I just really think this one would suck. Number two, give the man a hand. No one is exempt from a horrid experience in Game of Thrones, not even the Kingslayer himself, Jaime Lannister. Handsome, charming, remind you of anybody, and in love with his sister, oops, never mind, the eldest son of Tywin Lannister is soon promoted to Lord Commander of the Kingsguard following the death of King Robert Baratheon. As an expert swordsman, Jaime relies chiefly on his right hand in combat, and it is this appendage that is so cruelly removed early in Season 3. Having already spent a year as a muddy captive of the Starks, the Kingslayer is weak by the time he is captured by Roose Bolton's errant lackey Locke. Annoyed by Jaime's constant attempts at buying favour, Locke pretends to release him before suddenly chopping off his sword hand with a carving knife. Now, for you or me, this is certainly not pleasant, but far from the end of the world. But for Jaime Lannister, a man who has defined his entire existence by his ability with a sword, this is beyond comprehension. Without the skills that hand granted him, his life is devoid of any substance, and it's entire seasons later in the show before he somehow pieces it back together again. Number 1. The Walk of Shame Kept at bay by Tywin Lannister, the Sparrow movement gains traction upon his death and even encompasses his nephew Lancel. 
Led by the High Sparrow, Season 5 sees the faction begin to assume control of King's Landing. Helped by Queen Cersei, sensing an opportunity to strengthen the crown, the High Sparrow becomes the High Septon, using the reformed Faith Militant to strike at immoral locations throughout the city. Eventually, and, well, inevitably, their gaze falls on the Tyrells and Cersei herself arrested due to her illicit relationship with Lancel, who, if you've not mathsed that one yet, is her cousin. Cersei's punishment is the Walk of Atonement, a turbulent naked trudge back to the Red Keep, where she will await trial as a sinner of the highest order. With the baying crowd flinging spit and feces and other things, it's an intense experience for anyone watching, never mind Cersei herself. While not seriously harmed physically during this ordeal, Cersei Lannister's egregious punishment at the hands of the Sparrows is one of the most psychologically disturbing events in the whole show, the culmination of it being one of the few moments where she ever showed any weakness. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.